to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ, that's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas, and you can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore, that is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L Galore. It is another fantastic week in the rookie zone here with me, folks, and uh, we are officially through, we'll call it kind of like the all-star season of the draft season um that being the reese's senior bowl and the east west shrine bowl both games played back to back on thursday and saturday of i guess that would make it two weeks ago when this is coming out um so yeah uh played back to back we got to see a lot from practices a bunch of big names kind of popping up um primarily through the senior bowl um not a lot happened in the East West Shrine Bowl. It was a very boring game, but the practice reports is more of what I cared about in that than the actual game. Um, the Senior Bowl, classically, as it always does, had a lot of names pop up for the casual dynasty and casual fantasy football player that you probably didn't know anything or a lot about. And so I wanted to focus this week's episode specifically on going over the standouts from the week, both in practice and in the game, Um, the guys that were popping, the guys that are all over Twitter with people saying, ooh, I like what I saw from this guy, or oh, yeah, you should pay attention to this guy. Well, I'm not going to give you vague comments like that. I'm doing a deep dive on 10 players that kind of popped up primarily out of nowhere for a lot of them but there's a couple on here where if you've been paying attention to my content for this year you should have expected them to pop up on people's radars this week it's guys that i've been talking about quite a bit more often than the other people in the space and that i have quite a bit higher already than a lot of people in the space um For this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about one quarterback and then three running backs, three wide receivers, and three tight ends, um, just to kind of give you a well-rounded episode to cover everything. Um, I am going to hop right in. We'll start with the quarterback position, and it should be no surprise to anyone. Um, It was the team-winning and game-winning MVP of the Senior Bowl and Mr. Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. Uh, Measurables, I'm going to be going over measurables from everyone that was there. Um, he came in at six foot 208, and he will be 24 years old at the beginning of the 2023 NFL season. Um, when it comes to Jake Hayner, there's a couple of pros and a couple of cons. Um, the pros for me significantly outweigh the cons. He's extremely accurate. Um, he played his entire career in a pro system. He transferred from Washington when he couldn't beat out Jacob Eason. He's been at Fresno State now for three years, has basically absolutely dominated, kept Fresno State in contention for AP Top 25, positioning all three years, something that typically we are not used to hearing and not used to seeing with the teams that they are playing. Um, but he's been working in that team and with that system specifically it has been an extremely good pro system the entirety of his time there um, my best trait for Jake Hayner is his feel in the pocket he's very very accurate and he's able to maneuver quickly he's not going to be a guy that's going to scramble for you but you saw that 
pocket presence very, very evident in the game. He was pretty much the only quarterback that wasn't flustered during the game, and he ended up shooting just under 70% completion, a touchdown, like 150 yards, which really is all you're looking for when you're looking at a quarterback because they rotated in seven total quarterbacks between the two teams. Um, Very good at ball security. Um, All in all, I believe he had, I want to say, I think it was seven interceptions in his career at Fresno State, which is pretty wild for a guy that threw the ball over 400 times each year. Um, Extreme gritty competitiveness. Um, He's not a scrambler, like I said, but if he needs to get yards, he will just put his body on the line, kind of like a Ryan Fitzpatrick used to do. And one of the biggest qualities for me as a pro when it comes to the quarterback, he is the team MVP for Fresno State. He was the team MVP, and I'll go into some reasons as to why he was that, but that's one of my biggest qualifiers for a quarterback when I'm actually looking at their profile. When it comes to cons, the biggest one for a lot of people is going to be the age. He is coming in as the third oldest quarterback in this year's class. Um, and then the lack of elite athleticism. Like I said, he's not a runner. He's definitely just a pocket guy. Even his scrambles look a little bit slow. He's definitely kind of like an older style, true pocket passer that we're used to seeing from about 10 years ago. Um, mobility wise, I legitimately would just let you know, he's probably somewhere in the realm of like a Matt Ryan. So not a true statue, but a guy that's not going to run unless he's forced to run. Um, when I look at Jake Hayner, he's an absolute baller. Um, he's the heartbeat of the Fresno state team. And since joining the team, there's been basically no one on that roster that has had a bad word or a bad comment about the guy. Uh, no feat is bigger for me when it comes to the college quarterbacks. Like I said, than three things it's performance against AP top 25 teams and in bowl games, it's the accuracy in and out of structure and their performance on a team versus when they're in the roster and out of the roster. So it's basically how well their team does when they aren't on the field due to injuries or outstanding circumstances. Uh, Across his four years um, total, but we're just basically looking over the last 24 games. As a reminder, as I do my prospect profiles, I will comment on things that happened in year one and or year two for players that have been in college and played over two years of eligibility but I will not focus on it. I always focus on the last 24 games when I'm talking about statistics because it's how they've progressed recently, not what we saw when they were 18 years old. Um, over the last 24 games, he is 4-1 and one against AP top 25 teams in, in bowl games while playing at least a half of a game. There's one game in there that they lost this year against USC that they were winning and then he got injured and he was injured for about five games this year. Um, over that same 24 game span, he has a 69.2% completion rate, which is I believe fourth out of draft eligible quarterbacks in that same span. And it's within like 1.2% of the highest guy. And then the team went 0-4 without him and finished 20-2 and with him over the last 26 games. I gave you 26 just due to the two bowl games of the last two years. Um, for me, when I'm looking at Jake Hayner as a prospect, very similar prospect profile to a guy like Baker Mayfield coming out of Oklahoma, um, extremely accurate, extremely good rhythm timer. He just didn't have the offensive weapons really to highlight it and the scheme to highlight it as much as a Baker Mayfield did. Um, I'm not absolutely in love with Jake Hayner. I know he has faults in that minimal athleticism and minimal, uh, not minimal arm strength. I don't want to neg his arm strength, but his non-elite arm talent is going to make people shy away 
from him, but as a QB two with the prospect of potentially coming in as a pretty good starter, um, I see him likened to a situation like a, uh, a Davis Mills from a couple of years ago. I think he's definitely this year's Davis Mills for me. Uh, he is currently ranked as a tier two quarterback for me, somewhere in the range from QB three to QB five. And the senior bowl didn't ri- uh, raise or lower my expectations for Jay Kaner. He came in, did exactly what I anticipated him to. And I knew he was going to look good in this situation. That's why he was one of the players that I chatted to you all about a few weeks ago prior to the senior bowl. Um, comparable player is Baker Mayfield. Like I said, um, that's the type of archetype that I see. And uh, that's why I think he would do best in a spread specific scheme, but he is very, very well versed at taking snaps under center and a true pro style offense. So I'm not really concerned as to where he go. I would be happy, honestly, if he landed on any team, especially if it's a team that has a lack at a true bona fide quarterback or brings in a bridge one and wants a cheap option later. Moving away from quarterback, I will go into the running back position. Uh, we'll get the big guy out of the way, and that is Mr. Tajay Spears. He's the running back out of Tulane. He measured in at five foot ten. 204 pounds, and he will be 22 years old at the beginning of next season. Um, No one probably popped more in a lot of the beat reporters' eyes and what you're seeing in social media right now than Mr. Tajay Spears. And for me, if you've been listening, I expected it fully. Um, Pros for him, he's a three-down skill set guy. Athletic burst and his speed is elite. Um, that's, he's a one cut runner, but he does pretty much everything. Well, he's a very good pass protector. His receiving ability, although not prolific with the number of touches is very good when he does get the ball. And that's something that a lot of people were lauding specifically the coaches when he was down there, just the soft hands ability to be used pretty much all over the field. Um, and his long speed is probably his best asset. Um, besides a guy like probably De- uh, Devin A. Chain or a guy like Sean Tucker. He's probably going to come in at like three or four, if I had to guess pre-combine what he's going to run in the 40, which might surprise some people, but I mean, he, he zooms. Um, the cons, slightly below average BMI, but him coming in at 204 at 510 is actually great for him. A lot of people thought he was going to be sub 200. So him coming in at that 205 range is exactly what you wanted. Um, he's a little bit shy of 510, so the BMI actually wasn't as bad as was anticipated. And he's relatively young. Um, for me, he's one of the most complete backs in this draft class. He's a producer all throughout college in his career, and he had his big boom game and boom season this year as the workhorse on a dynamic two-lane offense in 2022 that really came out of nowhere. Um, For Arby's, it's all about measurables this time of year for me. Um, It's really the only question that I have with a lot of players because the tape pretty much tells you what you need to. It's just the athletic. Um, The only one I had with Tajay was his overall weight. I projected him at somewhere pushing 200 pounds, but him coming in at basically 204 at the high of end of a 205 range scale, basically, um, it was huge for him. Did nothing this week that I didn't already know about him outside of that weight, so he's going to be a steady riser in a similar vein. Um, I think he's going to be this year's Damian Pierce, realistically. Um, how he was last year, where a lot of people are going to be talking him up and moving him up draft boards by the time we get to draft time. But for me, I already have him pretty high. Um, Just to go over a little bit of the stats of why he's really, really nice. Over the last 24 games, he has averaged six-point yards per carry for roughly 101 rush yards per game. 
and 1.2 rush touchdowns per game. So over the last 24 games, he's actually had 26 rushing touchdowns, which is great. You love to see that consistency, especially on a team where they know you're the main option on offense and they still can't do anything about it. Again, in the past game, I warned yet, wasn't prolific numbers. He saw about two receptions on four targets per game for about 16 receiving yards per game. And he saw a touchdown um, not very often. Basically, once every five games, he would see a touchdown in the receiving game. Um, comparable profile, um, the one that I liken him to most is a Tony Pollard or a similar vein. He's basically just, I mean, at the end of the day, he's kind of like a slightly better mover than the guy like Pierre Strong was last year. But as you all know from my talk about him last year, um, he's a guy that's in a similar vein, a straight line cutter that has speed to burn guys for days. Um, currently, he ranks inside of my tier three for running backs. So he's somewhere in the range of RB4 to RB8 currently, and he did not move up or down. Uh, oh, no, sorry. He moved up one tier from my tier four of the nine to 11 running backs, and that is due exclusively to that weight gain. If you remember in my pre like way too early draft rankings that I did on Ty J Spears. I had him in the same group as the Devin A chains and the Deuce Vaughn. That was the three man group that I had him in. Um, this weight gain and what he came into allowed me to then push him up into the next tier because the weight was the only concern that I had on him. So now looking at where he is sitting in my ranks, he is no longer with Mr. A-Chain or with Mr. Deuce Vaughn. He is now in the likes of the Kendra Miller, the Tank Bigsby, the Israel Abnaconda, the Zazavian Valadez. He's the guys that I think have the profiles that are very nice, and they're all very kind of similar with how they actually win. I just need to see where they get drafted now. So that's why they're not up with the more elite guys in the first four running backs that I have in this year's class. Going on to the second running back, won't talk about him as much because I'm not really in on him. Uh, Ethan Hall, he's a running back at a Northwestern. Um, he was the game time performer for, I believe, the American team. Um, he measured in at five foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds, and he will be two, uh, sorry, twenty two years old at the beginning of next season. Um, pros list, not that great. Um, prototypical size. Um, his size is pretty much what everyone drools about at the running back position. That's the type of build that can basically take a bunch of beating and just keep on going. He has above, above average vision and he's a great pass blocker with decent hands, but he doesn't utilize his size. Well is my biggest concern with him. So when I get to the cons, um, he doesn't break contact pretty much at all. So that weight and that size is basically wasted. He's athletically limited. He lacks the cutting ability to really maneuver and weave on a sudden basis, basically in between the tackles. And when he gets to the second level with the linebackers, he's much more of a, just kind of like a, like, like a weaver. Like I said, he just kind of moseys his way through. And if he meets contact, he typically goes down. Um, I'm not very in on Hall as a prospect overall. I think he lacks the athleticism to be a true factor in the NFL. Um, rotational special teams guys more likely, in my opinion. I've seen guys in his mold with much better athleticism time and time again over the last couple of years go undrafted or very late in the NFL draft. And I expect the same from Hull, uh, even with the Super Bowl game, or, sorry, not Super Bowl, <laughs> Senior Bowl game performance. Um, 
he had 88 receptions for 810 yards over the last 24 games of his career, which is a notable stat. He was targeted pretty heavily. Um, he didn't do a ton of that as the ADOT on those 88 receptions, I think it was 104 targets, so a decent catch rate, um, was only 1.2 yards. So again, very low ADOT, more of like a dump-off guy. Um, my comparable profiler to him just due to the extremely good pass protection, the heavier build, and a guy that does a little bit more more than what you'd anticipate, even though he's athletically limited, would be a Rex Burkhead. Um, I think he's going to have to contribute on special teams like Rex did early in his career to really stick onto a roster, but that's pretty normal. And then the current rank for me, um, he's not ranked inside of my top 25 currently, and the Senior Bowl performance didn't do anything to change that. No tier move up or down on a guy like Evan Hall. Last running back in the conversation for me is Mr. Kenny McIntosh. He is the running back out of Georgia. Um, he came in at six foot, even 210 pounds, and he will be a slightly older running back. He'll be 23 years old when he enters next season. Um, the pros for Kenny McIntosh, prototypical size, um, route running ability is elite. Um, he's, his physicality is very good, and he has very good hands with some decent long speed. Um, the main issues is that his vision and kind of like processing time once he sees a guy and his ability to just kind of like actually make a cut or make a decision to make a cut is not very good um he's kind of an upright runner um he he looks a little goofy when he's running um again this is kind of the same type of mold that we've seen with a couple of guys that are pretty intriguing to people just due to the athleticism of the last couple of years they're more of like track athletes than actual running backs currently so they need to learn the position a little bit better and because of that vision and processing speed um, when plays break down behind the line of scrimmage he has zero answer for it right now which is not good um, he pretty much just immediately goes down at contact behind the line of scrimmage which is not really good um, kenny's a projection player with a hundred yard season uh sorry a thousand yard season under his belt um this last season um Sorry, I'm reading this completely wrong. Uh, he does not have a thousand yard season under his belt. Um, so he's just kind of the classic Georgia running back conundrum, um, regardless of the overall usage ability and durability concerns and questions that you would typically have with a running back. They're always a little bit heightened when you see a Georgia running back just because of how much they rotate in and out. Um, he's receiving dynamo but there are questions about his ability to work in all schemes and truly be a lead back as opposed to just a third down specialist. Um, when I go back and look at my notes over the last couple of years, which is what I typically do this time when I start to kind of nail down comps for players and how they played in college, he reminds me a lot of Antonio Gibson. Uh, I'll just be completely honest with you. Um, that's the type of, you know, athlete, physical weapon that you could be getting in Kenny McIntosh, but there's a lot of question marks in the run game right now, and it's he's a very inexperienced runner. So it's the same type of transition that Gibby made in the NFL is what you're going to hope that Kenny McIntosh can make. Um, current rank has him in tier five. He's RB 11 to 15, and he actually did move up one little spot for me. Um, the main concern I had for him is I didn't know how big he was going to be and him coming in at that six foot, 210 pounds is perfect. Um, so now he's no longer in the group of Tavian Thomas, Eric Gray, and um, Dwayne McBride that he was before. He's now with Zach Evans, Mohamed Ibrahim, um, Chase Brown, and Chris Rodriguez. And that is due to the hype that he's been getting from actual NFL personnel over the last two weeks after the Senior Bowl. So I 
I really think that um, he helped himself a bit this week. I'm not going absurd. He's still, once again, in the range of RB11 to 15 for me, so I'm not in love with him. But he did do the things he needed to do to kind of make me pay attention during the draft process a little bit more than I was before. Going on to the wide receiver position, um, again, three names. The first one is probably the biggest talked about player over this last week, and that is Mr. Nathaniel Tank Dell. He's a wide receiver out of Houston. Um, it's going to hurt to talk about it. No one's going to want to hear me talk about it because everyone wants to talk themselves into him, but he came in at under five foot eight inches and 163 pounds, and he's going to be 23 years old coming in to his rookie season at the beginning of next season. Pros, he's probably the best pure separator that we've seen since Jerry Judy. Um, he does have very sticky hands and his ability and understanding to actually operate over the middle and just absolutely eviscerate people specifically in man coverage is just elite, but there are some cons. Uh, long speed is extremely questionable. Um, he has absolutely no physicality, which is completely understandable from a guy that is five, eight, 163 pounds. Um, and you know, pocket size is just kind of an understatement. He, he is a profile that has not succeeded in the NFL. Um, Dell will be what I, I pick as like a cute pick in probably the late second, early third. And a lot of fantasy managers, rookie drafts this season because he's probably going to go in that three to four range for a wide receiver um i expect late day two or early day three draft capital um but no players have ever succeeded in the nfl with this build and few have done so in college which is even more concerning um he was the heartbeat of the houston offense but without that type of like focus or funneling of targets at the next level um a gadget role is probably all that we're going to see in the cards for Dell. Um, he would have to land specifically in Kansas City if they were to let Nicole Hardman go, or Seattle if they were to let Tyler Lockett go. And only those two spots for me to truly be interested in him, unfortunately. Um, I can just see him getting drafted by the Bears way too high right now, and it's going to just physically pain me. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at on him. Um, Tank Bell, comparable player. There's only one <laughs> just because of height, weight, speed, what you're going to get. Tutu Atwell. Um, Dell's probably what we all wanted Tutu Atwell to be and what the Rams wanted Tutu Atwell to be. Um, but current ranked, still outside my top 25. Um, not ranked currently as a guy I would be taking a shot on regardless. Um, zero shift change i am paying attention a little bit more to see exactly what his draft capital is going to be and the buzz he's getting from actual nfl circles over the next month and a half but there's no change in my personal rankings based off of this senior bowl week the second name is probably the guy that no one knew about coming into this week and that is michael wilson uh, wide receiver out of stanford measured in at just under six foot two um 216 pounds and he will be 24 years old at the beginning of his rookie season in the NFL. Pros from Mr. Michael Wilson, um, route running, inside and outside flexibility. So he got the size, the speed, the route running, the maneuverability to truly stick pretty much anywhere that he wants to in an offense and the flexibility to be moved anywhere in an offense. And he's got very productive, sticky hands. Um, the cons, though, athletically limited. Um, long speed is not really there. He's more of a quick twitch kind of separator based off of getting that first yard and a half to two yard separation quickly and getting the ball in that six to 10 yard range. Um, but if a guy like Justin Shorter, who I'm very much in on, but 
has injury concerns is made of glass. Uh, Michael Wilson is ma- basically made up of the sand that is made into the glass. Uh, he, he is injury prone. <laughs> he has played four, four, and six total games, so 14 total games in his collegiate career over the last three years. Um, and he is a complete projection. Um, Senior Bowl put Wilson on the map for many people. Um, he is squarely in their 2023 draft process and focus now as fantasy managers. And he was relatively unknown to the public coming into the Senior Bowl week, but he was an intriguing prospect early in his career in the Debbie space. For those of you that have been playing, he had the size frame, the actual um, four-star recruit capabilities, and he was talked about in that Stanford offense when it was still kind of promising with David Mills. Unfortunately, between the Stanford offense, injury history, experience, um, he's never really been able to show out against any actual competition. Um, he is a complete projection and not the type of guy I will burn a pick on, even late in drafts, as you all know. Um, if you want to get cute on a guy, um, I would probably stick with Michael Wilson over a guy like Tank Dell, who I just talked about just to the size. Um, but due to his limited production, you know, the extreme track history of his soft tissue injuries and his comparison ceiling basically forcing him athletically to either be Cooper Cup or be a complete bust um, he's just not really a guy that I would recommend taking um, and that's just where I'm at on him right now my comp for him is Nick Westbrook Akinney um, Tennessee Titans wide receiver kind of bigger reliable guy underneath dealt with a bunch of injuries in college still dealing with the same injuries in the Tennessee Titans offense and has never truly stuck out had a couple flash games can be serviceable in a pinch if extreme injury comes in but um, currently still don't have him ranked inside my top 25 at the position uh, again no tier shift for me on a Michael Wilson to put him inside the top 25 based off of this week of performance going against air and one-on-one in coverage which is where he should dominate on um and he's a guy that i will pay attention to draft stock wise but i i just wouldn't waste your time watching a bunch of tape um and watching his tape because it's going to look like a highlight reel because i think he has like 30 career receptions which is just wild um Going on to the last wide receiver is a guy that I'm probably the most interested in currently out of the three wide receivers to be pumped up, um, and that is Mr. Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. Um, came in at five foot 11, 191 pounds, um, but he will once again be 23 years old going into his rookie season. Um, pretty common thread with a lot of these senior bowl guys this year. Outside of the running backs, pretty much everyone is going to be 23 or older on this list of the standouts, which is like, uh, well, no shit. The older guy is standing out against the younger guys at his position. He's physically more productive. Um, Jaden Reed, when you look at him, um, prospect profile wise, athleticism, great. Great explosion. Um, He's a willing blocker, but not a great blocker. And he's a slot-specific zone beater due to his size and his quick separation ability. But he is weak for his size. And that is coming from a guy... I think I could beat him in an arm wrestle if I really need to. Uh, Lack of well-rounded root tree is actually really concerning as well. That's more of a Michigan State problem as well. And he kind of lacks the finesse in his deeper routes to separate in in routes that do not require a straight line speed or if it's a one-on-one situation he'll basically win with his speed but if he has to basically maneuver through multiple defenders once he gets into that back third of the field on an offensive play he just doesn't have the ability to do it Uh, my note is oh 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 michigan state wide receivers is how i started off this paragraph um a good rule of thumb for me 
is avoiding Baylor, Oregon, and Michigan State for wide receiver prospects, regardless of the hype. It's just kind of where I'm at, um, and it's due to the systems and the usage that they have used, regardless of the head coach over the last decade. Um, they're for me the blue balls of the dynasty space lies in the colors, uh, the team colors specifically of green, white, and yellow, um, and you know. It, it just never seems to allow the production to meet the hype for a lot of these prospects. Um, that's specifically at the wide receiver position. I will again repeat that fact, but explosiveness is Jaden Reed's whole MO. Um, with his ball in his hand and off the line, it's fun to watch, and his tape is pretty interesting to watch, especially from the 2021 season when there was a gangbuster running back and Kenneth Walker to draw a lot of interest and draw a lot of the defense to cover in a certain way. Um, but his inefficiency with his athleticism downfield is concerning. He needs to be a much better route runner, honestly, in my opinion. And he's great underneath with quick twitch routes, but his weakness in contested catch scenarios and his play strength make him a very concerning all-around prospect. Um, he wowed a lot of people this week that were watching the Senior Bowl, their Senior Bowl practices, um, that were non-Big Ten watchers is what I would say. Um at the senior bowl week, but he is pretty much what I knew him to be watching all of the Michigan state games that I did being an Ohio state fan. And, you know, it, it wasn't really surprising that he was excelling in these one-on-one situations. Um, if he jumps up draft boards, I'll be forced to pay attention. But for me, he is just kind of a toolsy player. Um, he's a middle round player, middle round wide receiver with athleticism. Um, he has a lot of work to do on his route running and his physicality. If he wants to be productive at the next level, um, for me, my comp for him, body style wise, the speed, athleticism, but kind of what I anticipate happening, um, not due to injuries, just kind of not fitting. Um, I, I liken him kind of to Paris Campbell coming out. He doesn't have that top end speed that Paris Campbell had, but um, also, I mean, Paris Campbell hasn't shown that since like 2016 at this point. So we don't even know if Paris Campbell really had that speed because <laughs> we never really saw it in the NFL. Um, current rank, Snuck into the back end of my top 25, um, currently sitting at 23, um, still outside of my top 20. Um, so I gave it a tier bump technically because he was outside the top 25 and now is. Um, he's a guy I'm paying attention to, but again, no, nothing shocking to me about this player. Um, again, guys, just give me the lowdown of my notes through film and watching them, what I've seen and where I'm at compared to the hype train that is the senior bowl, trying to help you kind of get through the weeds here. And then to round out the 10 players, though, I am going to talk about three tight ends now. Um, we are going to go ahead and start with Mr. Payne Durham. Um, Payne Durham was the tight end out of Purdue. Came in at six foot five and a half, two 258 pounds, and once again will be 23 years old uh, at the beginning of next season. He is a very, very, very good route runner. Um, extremely slippery in zones, and he is a big dude. So that's saying something if you can move like that in zone coverage. Um, the scary thing with him is that he's at almost 260 and he still looks like he is, I don't know, he, he still kind of looks like he is basically wiry is how I would describe it. He carries his weight very well, so he could probably add another 20 pounds and still be explosive and efficient. Um, he's very good at run blocking on the outside and it's pretty dynamic with how he just basically bullies lighter linebackers and DBs on the outside, but 
his biggest issue is when he's asked basically to stay in line and block as a true pass blocking tight end. I think he's a liability. Um, he's also kind of a body catcher. He separates a lot and has that separation, but he allows the ball to just kind of come into his body rather than extending, which when you're in traffic specifically becomes an issue with letting the DBs and linebackers catch back up to you. And then he is an average athlete, but his ability to just kind of move in and out of space is something that kind of, you know, mitigates that for a lot of tight ends. Um, for me, he's a classic Big Ten tight end. There's nothing physically numbers-wise that'll pop off the page when you give him a once-over, um, but he's extremely slippery, like I said, on the inside and over the middle as a receiving tight end. He's not going to be a move tight end because he doesn't have the true athleticism or the you know the great dynamic hands, really, when he's on the outside. Um, he's not an elite athlete, but you know most above him in the ranks are, um, but he's serviceable. And that's kind of where he throws you in with the ranges of, you know, the back end top 12 tight ends to the, you know, middle of the tight end twos. He's in that athleticism range that you typically see in those guys. Um, like I said, he's a true liability in pass protection, but is angry downfield when he's blocking. He can overcommit a little bit, which can damn him, but I'd rather have a overly committal pissed off tight end blocking a DB down the field than a guy that's like, no, no, yeah, whatever, do whatever. Um, like I said, he can put on a little bit more weight and I think that might help him hold up a little bit more in line. Um, but we're talking about a good developmental tight end, um, down the line. Um, there's nothing special to be drafted in fantasy leagues right now. So unless he gets reached on in the actual NFL draft, I probably wouldn't be reaching on him in the dynasty space. Um, my comp for him is CJ Uzoma. He's a guy that might be a late bloomer. Um, he reminds me a lot also, I didn't want to use this comp because a lot of people don't even know who this is, but um, Jesse Bates coming out and going to Washington a couple of years ago, it's pretty much like a picture perfect <laughs> comp is what I would say is Jesse Bates coming out. He's a guy that still hasn't broken out. He's a guy that's getting a lot more work and who had to develop his blocking, who's actually become a pretty good blocker for Washington. Um, but yeah, so Payne Durham is currently ranked in my tier three. He bumped up from my not ranked to my kind of going to pay a little bit more attention. Um, I, I saw a lot more in the game than I saw typically on film, which is saying something, especially when he wasn't playing with his quarterback. So it was pretty interesting. Um, he's in that tight end range four to seven now. And he is in um, in that range with the likes of Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, and another guy that I'll talk about here in a couple of minutes. But um, the second guy that I mentioned in that list is actually the second tight end that I want to talk about. And that is Mr. Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Um, he's kind of the darling, <laughs> is what I would describe for this year's class. Um, he's six foot five, two fifty five. Will also be twenty three years old. Um, pros, athletic monster. Um, his, his slight frame kind of gives him like a a movement skill of like a larger wide receiver than a true tight end, which is extremely appealing. And from a pure like seam splitting ability where you just say run in a straight line, that athleticism can really show. My biggest con, he is probably the worst blocking tight end in this class. <laughs> like it's abysmal. Um, he needs to add some more weight um, and his contested catches need to you know, be improved because he, he doesn't play as big as he actually is. He plays a lot smaller than his frame and what his wingspan should call for. Um, for me, he didn't produce at all. He only played in 13 games. He's basically the Mitchell Trubisky of tight ends. And so he's a complete projection. And I, I get the athleticism, but I just don't know how people can be in on a guy that like hasn't stayed healthy, hasn't shown production in college just because he's an athlete. Uh, like I said, he's everyone's fantasy darling pick this year. Just not really my cup of tea. 
um, projection-based player that I never really understand the hype behind. Uh, athletic, yes, but an actual football player, he, he just isn't really good right now. Uh, there's a lot of really good athletes. This is what I always tell people that are playing other sports that you could take and come in and probably play at the same level that he's playing, if not higher. So it, it's why would I waste a pick on that guy? You know what I mean? Like his blocking is bad. He has the equivalent of a drop every other game right now, which is saying something having only played 13 games and he gets tossed all over the field when he's trying to block on the line. Um, and especially when linebackers try to bump him, he can get bumped pretty easily. So he just needs a little bit better balance. Um, people are not going to like my comp for him right now. Um, and that's just because of hindsight, but he has the same type of hype right now that we were seeing with Jacob Harris in Los Angeles with the Rams a couple of years ago. And everyone was like, Oh no, dude, he's a freak athlete. He's going to do it. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got that. He just needs to work on stuff. These guys typically don't progress how you're anticipating them to progress. Um, you got to come in as a decent to above average route runner and actual blocker in the NFL draft in order to usually get used or you have to be an absolutely like monster athlete. Um, I, I don't know if he's there yet. Um, currently in tier three, don't absolutely hate him. Don't absolutely love him. Uh, like I said, he's in that tight end range four to seven in the similar grain uh, vein to a Payne Durham. And I have him probably like a spot higher than Payne Durham just because of the athleticism being a little bit more, but I, I don't love him as a prospect. <clears throat> Going on to the final player and the last of the tight ends, um, a pretty, pretty interesting guy is how I would say it. Um, Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. Came in at six foot six, two hundred and sixty. Big, big boy um, is what I'll say. Extremely versatile. Um, good route runner. Absolute technician. Um, he's a really good, strong run blocker. He's got soft hands. Um, surprising acceleration off the line for his body type. He looks up really beefy on the lower half, and so the fact that he's able to get so much good up, get up and go, he kind of looks like a sprinter when he's off the line. Um, but he's kind of an average pass blocker, nothing special, nothing terrible. Um, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle. Um, he's reliable, but not really flashy. So typically when he catches the ball, he goes down when he's contacted. He's not the guy that's going to get you the extra yards. Um, I will preface this portion by saying this is the typical type of tight end that I find myself falling in love with. Um, and what a lot of teams do, but more so for having an actual NFL impact as opposed to like a fantasy impact. Um, he's a guy that's rotational and can do absolutely everything, can fill into any of your blocking or receiving tight end needs, but not be amazing at any of them. Wiley is that guy in this class. Uh, Charlie Kohler was that guy in the class last year for me, although with the receiving upside, I still have some hope there. Um, but he's a very large guy. Um, prolific prospect coming into college. He had over 30 D1 scholarship offers, including Alabama, Tennessee, USC, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, he chose Cincinnati due to family, um, due to scholarship and everything like that. He has done everything that has been presented to him admirably, just not spectacularly is what I'll say. Um, he's a guy that will need to kind of find himself in a good opening and learn a little bit of better pass protection to truly be like an all-around guy. Um but for now, he is, in my eyes, one of the most complete tight ends in the class. Um, he reminds me in a similar vein, like I said, to a guy like Charlie Kohler coming out last year. Um, he could very easily find himself in kind of a situation like a Daniel Bellinger. Um, the thing I'll 
preface that with is that Daniel Bellinger was like a freak athlete that no one was talking about last year. Um, that is not what Josh Wiley is. Um, and so my comparable players from a couple years ago, a guy that's still in the league, just hasn't done pretty much anything in Trey McKitty. Um, came out as an overall average across the board tight end, was drafted in that third round to kind of be that, and that's what we've seen. Um, again, current rank, tier three, in the same rank as Payne Durham, Luke Musgrave. Um, he's tight end four to seven in that range, and I did move him up a tier from being undrafted uh, j- just because I couldn't really help myself is what I'll say with that. But yeah, that that that's the 10 players I really wanted to talk about. If there's anyone that you have specific questions about from the Senior Bowl week or even the East-West Shrine Bowl week that I haven't touched on in my previous videos, feel free to hit me up in the DMs on Twitter, in the Patreon group chat, um, pr- pretty much anything you guys need. Um, as a reminder, 10 players that I went over, Jake Hayner, Ty J. Spears, Ethan Hall, Kenny McIntosh, Tank Dell, Michael Wilson, Jaden Reed, Payne Durham, Luke Musgrave, and Josh Wiley. Those are the 10 guys that I am, uh, you know, either slightly peaked more on or just wanted to set the record straight from after this NFL combine. But as always, it has been a pleasure for you all. Um, We're about to kind of get into some different content here after the Super Bowl. I will be going over my mock draft in my next episode that we did with the DWZ community. It is a fan-led mock draft based off what we would do as GMs. It'll give me a chance to basically kind of preface this um, with what we think might happen in free agency before I start diving into my free agency specific content that will shape the NFL draft prospect landing spots the most in the coming months. But until next time, have a wonderful week, guys. This has been the Rookie Rundown, and it's been a pleasure. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak